Friday, you know what that means. It's time once again for you know what that means. It's an AEW podcast. Uh, Joey Janelle is not on it, and neither is uh, that Jahelka guy. Uh, <laughs> Steve, you're our guest host tonight. Steve Willie, what's up? Yeah, Joey Janelle is not on here. Florida Man is not on here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who are some Who are some of AEW's mainstays that we never see anymore that you miss? I guess we'll just dive right into it. Um, gosh, there's Sunny Kiss. I kind of miss. Yeah. Ooh, I rhymed. And sadly, Sunny Kiss is still employed, just not on TV ever. Yeah, it's still part of the Trustbusters, but I never see Sunny with the Trustbusters. Yeah. yeah. And then like Arya Davari is in the Trustbusters, but is also with the Varsity Athletes. And... Well, you know, I think the problem with not seeing them is I think they did bust our trust a little too much. Uh, not Sunny, but when they put uh, miniature Brock Lesnar in there, it was all downhill. Ugh. They gave him that, that really hard run for about like three weeks on Rampage and then gone forever. But Yeah, Parker Burdeau, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, that's Scarlett Burdeau. Yeah, uh, Boudreaux. Boudreaux. Boudreaux, yes. Uh, a Parker, they, they tried packaging him a couple times, and maybe the WWE didn't make the worst mistake letting no. him go. No, every time I watch him wrestle, I feel like... Have you ever played wrestling video games? Which we can talk about one in a little bit. Mm. Um, in wrestling video games, you play for fun, obviously. But sometimes when you want to win, you just spam like an overpowered move. Like back in the Nintendo 64 days, uh, No Mercy, which is like one of the greatest games of all time, had kind of a broken move. It was Bradshaw had this like clubbing forearm blow that was unblockable. And so if you're playing your friend and like... He's, like, building up his finisher. You can just hit that move over and over. And I feel like Parker Boudreaux always does that corner splash. Like, he's just spamming X every time he's in the ring. You know? So, anyways. Uh, Steve, I did not give you very, very much uh, of an introduction. Um, I didn't even introduce myself. Should we just rewind for a second? Yep, just did it. All right, so the Wayne's World reference right here on episode 45. You know what that means. I'm Jordan Duncan. I'm your host. Uh, with me most of the time is Andrew Reich, but he is absent tonight. He is at a local medical facility, uh, but he will be back with us next episode. And filling in is the wonderful, the handsome, the uh, witty Steve Willie. Steve, I am so glad to do a show with you, as always. Um, Party time. Excellent. <laughs> you know, I was at... Uh, I was at a place called Disc Replay, which is like, uh, you know, where you trade in old games and you get like super old system. Not like GameStop, but like you can get like Nintendo games. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, they also saw pop figures and they had a Wayne and Garth. And I was like, that's actually pretty cool. I didn't buy them, but, you know. I think I saw them in the Blackhawks uniform. Oh, that's cool. They have the license with NHL, too. Pop does. I, I, I went heavy in my... Um, my pop figure buying during COVID days, yeah, I've, I've cooled considerably. I guess as I'm looking at my desk, I have one, two, three, four, five pop figures on my desk. Steve, yes, quick game. Okay, I have. I'll I'll go right back at you. Yeah, okay, four of them are wrestlers. Yes. I don't think you'll get one of them. One of them is a professional athlete. Guess okay. my pops. Uh, Michael Jordan's the athlete. Correct. <laughs> um, I have I have Michael Jordan in my office as well. Okay, which Michael Jordan? Um, I'm guessing the basic one of in the red. 
Uh, what looks like him, he's doing a layup, I believe. Yeah, like it's got like the little plastic thing, so he's up in the air. Yes, that's what I have as well. I have somewhere packed away, I have North Carolina Michael Jordan, but it's okay. not on my desk. But anyways, all right, four wrestlers. Okay. Um, do you have Kenny? I don't. Okay. But you're barking up the right tree. <laughs> the Young Bucks? Correct. Okay, I have those, but not up. I have those in storage somewhere. Yeah, I don't have Okay, Kenny. so that's two. So that means two WWE ones, because I doubt you would have Cody. What? Um... Is it Cody? I do have Cody on my desk. The, night, the New Japan Nightmare the one? New Japan Nightmare Cody Rhodes still in the box. Yep. Wow. Oh, okay, so then the other one. I have one another is... one on my desk. I have a musician on my desk as well. Oh, that would be tough. Yeah. Um. So it's got to be WWE. Uh, yeah, I got to give you some hints because this one's like, I don't think people would connect this one to me. Um. Classic Hulkamania WWF wrestler. Classic Hulkamania WWF wrestler going through the... Dead. I've never seen... Well, yeah, all of them are. <laughs> yeah, right. Andre? No, I would love an Andre figure. I don't know if they ever made one. They I don't know either. One. I have Rowdy Roddy Piper on my desk. So okay. Yeah, pretty cool. I had the Macho Man one. I still do have that in storage, but someone, some kid broke off the glasses at, at work. Oh, that's fun. So I have Jordan, I have one wrestler, and I have two... Superhero characters. Okay. In my office. All right, so we got George. This is an AEW podcast, by the way. Yeah, yeah, correct. <laughs> really, it's really reeling in the the listens right early on. Okay, two rest, one wrestler. One wrestler. Okay. You already got Michael Jordan, and yeah. then two superheroes. I will get Marvel superheroes. Marvel superheroes. Okay, I'm gonna go with the wrestler first. It's not the Young Bucks. I don't think it's Kenny Omega. Do you have a Do you have a Sami Zayn figure? Oh no! I wish there was one. That would be great. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. But uh, you were actually you were actually right. It was Kenny Omega. Oh, it was. Oh, okay. Man, darn. Okay. All right. Um, and then your your superheroes, Marvel superheroes. Let's see. I don't think Steve would go for the glitz and the glamour of Iron Man. I don't think he'd be Spider Man. Uh, Black Panther. Very good. I have him as uh in T'Challa. Oh, cool. Format. Awesome. From the movie. Cool. And I'm going to say just play it safe and go Captain America. No, the other. Miss Marvel. Oh, okay. Uh, from, the, from the show. I have the original one, but a kid broke that one, too. Is that Kamala Khan? Is that her name? Yeah. Cool. cool. It looks just like uh, the comic, though. It's one of my one of my favorite books. Highly recommended. Awesome. And uh, Marvel decided to just kill her off this past week in the comic book because wow. Marvel. Yeah, right. They'll bring her back in a couple of weeks. Oh, um, yeah, sure. They're going to probably match her up with whatever the Disney character of Miss Marvel has in terms of powers. That book legitimately brought brand new people into comic books, and um, Marvel can't figure out what to do with it. So I think Miss Marvel is a classic, and we will talk about AEW, I promise. I think Miss mm-hmm. Marvel is a classic example of this is not for you to Twitter. You're right. I mean, like... It, it's one of those shows. Like I'm talking about the Disney Plus show. I I don't read the books or anything. I'm just not really a comic guy like I used to be. But like I watched a couple episodes of the Miss Marvel show, and Twitter just craps all over it. And it's all, good. All I thought about it was my ten year old daughter would love mm-hmm. this show. 
Like, this would be a great show for me to watch with my daughter, with a child. Like, I think it's an awesome show for a parent and a kid to watch together. Would you agree my wife loved My wife loved it. Yeah. And she hasn't really watched any of the Marvel stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's a really good show for the people that aren't like, well, actually, in scene 14, uh, Captain America's yeah. shield is his right hand. You know, <laughs> like... Those... Yeah, I actually, I think the book came out in 2014. I had someone of, who I went to high school with, I believe is Pakistani, which Miss Marvel's character is. Yeah. I had not talked to her since high school graduation. She contacted me over social media, asked, where can I get this book? <laughs> I've so never cool. read comics before. That is so and cool. she had a group, she worked at a, she works at a University of Chicago now, she worked at I think Columbia College at the time, and she and about four other people, I told her where the best comic book store near her was, and got the books. Imagine that representation actually brings in new viewers or readers. And it's a heck of a good book. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Um, Miss Marvel is tag teaming with Kenny Omega on my my office. The best bout machine and uh, Kamala Khan. All right. Yes. Cool. Not to be confused with Kamala that you got the headhunter, which is also a pop figure that I would like to have if they made one. Or uh, Tony Khan. Yeah, that's true. Kamala, you got the headhunter. Kamala's Tony Khan. cousin. <laughs> I don't think I would buy a Tony Khan figure. That might be where I draw the line. <laughs> but Tony Khan is not in need of me uh, giving him $9 because uh, things are going fairly well for AEW right now. Uh, last week, I guess this is the big news, Steve. Uh, somebody's coming back. He's Chicago made, and his name's Phil. CM Punk is officially back. Uh, not yet on TV, but he's coming back for Collision. Quick and dirty thoughts on that. Not too dirty, though. I understand doing it. it I think it's very important for them sure. to bring back some ratings. A huge buzz around him. I am I'm just disappointed in him as a person. Yeah, I yeah, I, I feel like he let a lot of fans down, people who were kind of ride-or-die CM Punk fans. And I, I consider myself a pretty big CM Punk fan, but I definitely like him a lot less than I did. Yeah, And we've talked about that both on Main Event and on here before, you know, ad nauseum about everything that he did. So... It's not as big of a deal as when he first came back, oh, sure. which was, yeah. I mean, that was huge. We, like, gosh, I was at his return to the ring and his last match. We were at the last match together yeah. in WWE. Yeah, right? His last WWE match. Wow. And then, yeah, I was at his first match back. And, you know, Andrew said, hey, are you going? And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> Too far away. Right. I didn't go. I didn't go when he was at the United Center the first time because why why would I drive three hours to see an entrance pretty much? Right. Yeah, I, I know why they did it, and I understand it. Uh, he has a lot to he has a lot to do to regain my fandom back. I agree. Yeah, I think we're kind of in the same boat. Like, and I mean, this has all been discussed a million times over. I think if we go all the way back to the all out stuff. I think if you're looking at it objectively and trying to be impartial, I think he probably had some legitimate gripes back in the back in that incident. I don't think anyone was innocent. Like I don't think he's he's the villain and that's all there is to it. I think everybody was guilty of certain things. I think where he's really taken lost some shine to me is like 
how long it's been dragged out and how it seems like he keeps blowing it up when it seems like a solution is close, you know, like it's just so, uh, I don't know. It, it reeks of, of immaturity to me, I think is the word. Um, to the point where him being back on TV, I'm like a little hesitant, like maybe they should tape the show, <laughs> you know, like, cause he could blow up the, this company again. Like it's not anything I'm, I'm thrilled to watch. Having said all that, if we just get CM Punk, the TV character back, I'll be fine with it. You know, because um, his AEW run on television has been really, really good. Uh, it's oh, always, yeah. It's all the stuff that we don't see that makes you just want to puke. So, well, well, I you wonder how, how much the rosters will be split. It seems that they will be somewhat split. And, yeah. you know, at some point, the, the, the he's going to have to interact with Hangman and the Elite. Right. You know, right, and I mean they, they have pay per views. Right, they have they're they're going to be together at some points. And the truth is, that's probably their biggest money match they could do is these put like put that real oh, yeah. life stuff together. So, you know, it's it's funny because I don't think CM Punk versus the Young Bucks is like a dream match on anybody's list, but like Punk versus Omega, sure. Uh, Punk versus Hangman, we saw and it was really good. Um, mm-hmm. Wouldn't mind seeing that again, but yeah, it's kind of a thing where it's like he's back. Uh, I'm glad that they're thinking about the company. I understand the logic behind it. He probably is the biggest star they have. Um, but I'm not... I won't, I won't, when I say I'm not thrilled, it's not like, a, oh, I don't want to see him, but it's kind of like a holding my breath, not thrilled. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he, he's just shown himself to be an unhappy person a little too much for me to think that he'll just find happiness this time around. Which is a bummer. And two of his last matches, he ended up injured. You know, right, right, yeah. Like he, he, uh, even even if nothing had gone wrong at all out, physically something went wrong. Like he, what, what, what did he break in that in that title match? Wasn't his it triceps? Yeah. It, it, yep. So, I mean, he would have been on the shelf anyways. So, anyways, uh, we also want to talk about a pay per view. Uh, Double or nothing happened. Uh, a little over a week ago now, and uh, when we do a bi-weekly show, it's kind of tough because I feel like at this point, everybody's already read about it, everybody's already watched it, everybody's already read reviews, so what do we have to add? But listen, if saying I have nothing to add is what precluded us from doing a podcast, no podcast would exist, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's offer up our thoughts on Double or Nothing. Steve, quick thoughts on the show. Um, thumbs up, thumbs down. What'd you love? anything you hated i I thought it was like a seven out of ten show there was stuff uh the top two matches i thought were incredible uh i actually liked the four-way more so than anarchy in the arena because well one you had the guy in blackface that was troublesome two you had it was really difficult to follow everything that was going on agreed uh it reminded me of the old like cactus jack max Payne, nasty boys brawl that uh, from way back in the way and they, yeah. yeah and they'd have two screens going at the same time even in 1994 and it felt like we needed a little bit more of that I'm i agree. Sh- like if you were alive you probably missed half of it oh yeah i mean I, like any of these chaos matches like i was live at um blood and guts when they did that last and like there was so much stuff that 
I didn't see that when I watched it on TV after I got home. I was like, oh, I didn't see that. Oh, holy crap, that was crazy, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, okay, here's a question. Uh, we'll talk about the four-way in just a second. Do you think they made the right call with ending the show with Anarchy in the Arena? Yes, I actually do. I loved MJF's comment um, after the show. Did you see his little press conference clip? I don't think so. Um, I'll paraphrase. Basically, someone asked him if he was upset about not going on last, and he said, absolutely not. Why would I want to roll around in John Moxley's blood? <laughs> That's a good point. It's <laughs> a fair point. <laughs> so I think... Yeah, just in terms, like, looking at it from that perspective with all the just crap in the ring and plus you have the the turn at the end, mm-hmm. there's a lot. That I think that it would negatively affect that four-way match, which I was agree. more storyline-based. I agree. And, you know, more athletic-based where this was just uh, a brawl. And I know there are some people who are like, world championships always on last. That's gone away years ago. AEW doesn't usually do this. Like we'd have to go yeah, I don't back. Know if they if have. It, I mean, I'm sure they have before, but nothing jumps to my mind. Right. There, there's like, um, what was the anarchy in the arena? Oh, Stadium Stampede. I, I feel like in one of the first ones back with people, the one where Sammy, where Inner Circle One with Sammy Guevara doing the 6:30 at the end to get the pin. I feel like that was the main event. Yeah, I'm Googling. That was Double or Nothing 2020. Let's do a quick Google and see the results. Uh, yep, it was. Uh, and Moxley and Brody Lee went on second second to last. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so there's precedent there. Um, by the way, on that same show, Dustin Rhodes with Brandy Rhodes defeated Sean Spears. Wow. Oh, God, that was one with Sean Spears having his underwear... His pants, tights pulled down, and he had the underwear with Tully Blanchard's face on the butt. Oh my gosh! What a yeah, what a show. Uh, I, I even think with um, ending the show with Anarchy in the Arena, I think it's a little bit of like inside baseball booking too, because there were probably some fans who people like us who've watched forever who thought, oh, so they had the title match because the bad guy's going to win. So if this is the main event, that means the elite are going to win, and then right. that didn't happen. You know, so I'm sure a few people got fooled by thinking with that type of logic, like, oh, they're going to end the show with this because it's a happy ending. Uh, and it wasn't, you know. Uh, Kanoshka Takeshita uh, turned on the elite along with Don Callis, who might be the only guy that can rival Dominic Mysterio in terms of crowd reaction right now in pro wrestling. Uh, That's incredible. Yeah. It was you imagine, wild. like, Cyrus. You know, Cyrus. <laughs> Cyrus the Virus. Or the, UCW yeah, and... the guy who led the Truth Commission. Wasn't he the same guy? Yep, the same guy. Uh, is one of the hottest acts in all of wrestling. So, uh, With that horrible scar, too. They really haven't done a good job explaining that. No, I agree. Um, but the, the two matches combined were basically an hour long. Uh, yeah. I think both matches were just a shade under 30 minutes each. And... Like you said, there's so much happening in Anarchy in the Arena, it's kind of hard to do like any sort of, like, this happened, this happened. But the the four-way title match was really, really good, and I, I, I'm glad that it was because it felt pretty cold going in. You know, I, I'm one that kind of defends AEW against Twitter trolls, and it's a worthless effort, but I get sucked in all too often. 
Uh, but I think that was a valid complaint going in, is that that feud was a little cold. Like, I thought that Jungle Boy specifically had come off fairly bad in promos. and I don't think there's any doubt that MJF was going to retain, and so they kind of no. had to tear the roof off the place, and they did. They absolutely did. Yeah. So, I mean, And Sammy pretty much turning babyface over yeah, the last yeah. several weeks. And it uh, seems not like involved it stuck in, in, a little bit. Yeah, not involved in any of the inner circle stuff lately. They he's been completely separate from Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the the I, I love the callback to the poster card, the poster boards. Yep. Uh, from the commercials back in the Daily's Place yeah, when, era yeah, to announce uh, the pregnancy. Anyone who didn't watch, uh, basically, when they would do picture-in-picture, picture, Sammy Guevara used to do the poster boards with text, and that's how they announced their pregnancy, which, again, that's that's a bold risk <laughs> to, to hope that you get that face pop <laughs> with a wrestling I saw an, crowd. <laughs> I, I saw an interview with Tim Mello over the past couple of days, and she said that she did have some worry that oh, yeah. they would get booed over it. <laughs> I absolutely would have worried. I mean, if that was like in Philadelphia, I think they're getting booed, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, really, really good match. And even that, like, I think Steve, it was last time you were on the show talking about Sammy, how even though his character is a heel, he's just got such babyface fire. Yes. You know, yep, that's what and, I said. Like we saw it a lot in that match, like where he does the dive and then he hits the cutter on Darby as Darby's trying to do a suicide dive on him. And then he goes up to the top and does like an Eddie Guerrero frog splash. And it was just like a fun little minute and a half of just, Oh yeah, this guy could be a really, really awesome baby face. Ian Darby have this next level burst of speed, yes. like acceleration Yes, where like when Darby does his low pay at just a ridiculous, mm-hmm. Uh, pace and speed. It's just very explosive athletes. They have. I, I can see them fighting for the title between the two of them someday. Oh yeah, I could see that too. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it, it's a thing too. I thought you were going to say they just have chemistry as well because it feels like every time they're together, like it just fits. You know, and really all four of those guys. I, mean, I don't want to say Jungle Boy doesn't fit, but like. Not that he doesn't have chemistry, but the other three seem like they just all gel so well in any sort of combination. And Jungle Boy is fine, but he doesn't stand out to me so much uh, like yeah, he do. He belonged in the four way, sure. like you know. Yeah, I can He definitely that. belonged, but you can easily put in like a Ricky Starks in I, there as well, or yeah. or like if Cassidy, if Orange Cassidy didn't have a single sure. title, I think like. He might be even a better choice there, you know. Uh, my big prediction, uh, our last episode, was I thought Jungle Boy was going to turn heel. Uh, just the way that, like, his promos have been kind of kind of arrogant. Mm-hmm. Um, a little a little, uh, little, bit of bite to them. Um, and even the crowd, like, just doesn't seem to get behind him as often. They still do, but it's not like when he comes out, they're like, like he's got to work towards getting them behind him. Yeah, why do you think that is? Uh, I honestly don't know. Um, part of it might be like he's not—he's not won anything significant since the Christian feud. It could just be as simple as that. Um, but like he, he had—he had that match against Roosh where it was pretty brutal, and like it was a really good match. Uh, by the end of the match, the crowd was into it, but at the start, it's just kind of like eh, Jungle Boy, you know, <laughs> like like he has to fight for that reaction, and he does get it. But but it's a fight, and it, it's it's a curious case. 
I, and I wonder if it feels more recently, I the last couple of months, and maybe it's just putting him in the ring with the other three guys, and he was a little exposed in terms of personality. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think like the segment a few weeks back where they all four cut a promo. Mm-hmm. Uh, MJF, of course, obviously is going to tear it up. I think Darby Allen's actually a good promo too. Like, I think he, I think he cuts really compelling promos. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't compare him to Mick Foley, but in that in that realm, do you know what I mean? Like, of like where he he has story behind his promos, um, and then Sammy's a step behind, and then Jack Perry's, I would even say, several steps behind Sammy. <laughs> you know, so uh, I, I mean that might just be all it is—is is that he's just not there yet. So, I mean, so many guys in AEW wrestle at such a high level that like. He's not going to get over just because he's a good wrestler, because almost everybody is in there. So. Right. And there's a lot of there better than him. Yeah. Um, anything else that jumped out at you on the show? I thought the undercard was kind of, up until those last two matches, I thought it was kind of like a, not a bad show, but sort of a forgettable show. I really enjoyed the Battle Royal. Yeah, it was really uh, good. So many stories were there. The, um, I, like I love Trent saving Orange Cassidy. From from Big Bill, yeah. Uh, I I didn't care for the Cole Chris Jericho match that much at all. I thought for as popular Cole is, and Jericho usually doing good storyline type matches, mm-hmm. it was kind of flat. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I I just don't know why it just felt plodding and boring. Well, they did the mixed tag on Dynamite afterwards, and I almost feel like that should have been the pay-per-view match. Yeah. I, like, I thought that was a better match. Yeah, Soraya and Britt weren't weren't on there. And you already had the main event, which was more chaotic than right. this could ever have been. Right, right. You know, and I even think that the, the Wardlow match, the latter match, was more chaotic than the unsanctioned match, too. You know? <laughs> How did Wardlow not? think it was gonna be a good idea to jump on the ladder good lord to do like the shelton benjamin type spot where you like the spider-man he's like 270 probably right like there's no ladder that's going to be gonna hold him like we're not questioning that your body can make it that distance we're questioning that the ladder can hold your body dude right (laughs) not just your body but your body coming down on it (laughs) so it's more than just 270 pounds i don't think physics were were high on uh wardlow's uh test test scores in high school (laughs) yeah Um, it just got a different ladder (laughs) but it's a good match though uh it's a fun little match um how much did you love Arn Anderson biting off Luchasaurus's thumb? Arn Anderson is the most bizarre character in all of AEW. I think it's so weird, like how he's just this edgy, violent, like ultra violent dude. Like goes for blood. <laughs> Even going back to with Cody, like talk about the Glocks, and there yeah. was a, a a segment. I don't know if it was on Dynamite or just backstage or something where he's talking to someone and he's like, ask your mama. And it's just like, <laughs> like what is Oh, the RJ City one. That That's was right. recent. Yeah, with oh, City. my God, that was so funny. Yeah. It's like, Arn just being this, like, sex fiend, violent monster is uh, really one of the most underrated stories of AEW. And he reminds me a little bit as we're talking. I just had the picture in my head of, like, a, a bit character on The Sopranos. 
Like yeah. someone who'd be hanging around Tony and Polly Walnuts. Yeah, like putting you know, their tracksuits all the time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. I don't I don't know if it's intentional. Like, hey, what's crazy that Arn can do this time? Like, I don't know if that's if they even think about that or if Arn just calls it on the fly. <laughs> Either way, I like it. I, I, there. Um. Have you ever watched? I, I talk this up all the time. Have you ever watched Hey EW? I've seen bits and pieces. I don't watch it regularly. I highly recommend it. It's 10 minutes every week. It's quite possibly my favorite AEW show. I think the one that I watched the whole episode of uh, was with Hikaru Shida. Uh, yeah, that was really good. Yeah. There's a bunch of them. Where, the Arn Anderson one was great, too. Uh, because Arn Anderson just, like, he didn't get it at first, but then he got it. Mm-hmm. You know, he got the joke because you know, I've read that RJ said he just doesn't prepare him. So now people know what they're getting into, but doesn't give them the questions at all. Uh, William Regal's was hysterical. That's incredible. Oh yeah, Taz's was. Yeah, I I recommend watching all of them. There are a few that I completely miss, uh, but yeah, it's and it's an outstanding show. That's cool. And, and so I think that's why he did that with RJ City. I think they just probably has, somehow got along great. Has RJ City ever been on AEW television? He got knocked out once by Moxley, but for the most part, only on the pre-shows or the pay-per-view. Yeah, I don't think I think it's pretty much a internet exclusive. Yeah. Act, so and that's fine, you know. Yeah. Um I'm just scrolling you, through. Go ahead. Yeah, I I didn't like seeing the hatred, no pun intended, of the Tony Storm Jamie Hater match. I didn't think that was clearly Jamie Hater was severely injured. Yep. And it was just there to, to drop the title to Tony. I don't know if she would have dropped the title there if she wasn't injured. I would hope uh, not. I don't, you know, I don't think so, but I would hope not. Right. And, I, like, the match that the two of them had, I want to say that was last year. Oh, was that was really good. Top three women's matches in AEW history. I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, I... There was some shock when Tony Storm won, but it might have just been that people didn't know how. Yeah, I think it popped up like news-wise, like the day before, maybe two days before that. Oh, Jamie Hayter is actually really hurt, and she's mm-hmm. really hurt. So anyone who saw that might have kind of figured out what was going to happen. Um, but like it was really late in the game that that report came out that she was very injured, yeah. and like changes were being made. So you know, and my, yeah, my only other thought was, I mean, both you and I. For months, have said that Jade was going to lose for, to Chris Statlander, and they're just waiting for her to come back. Yeah, I agree. Like we've both been on that. I, I think I'm really happy for her. I like her a lot, Me and too. I didn't realize how well loved she is in the AW locker room. I just kind of saw that this week as well. Uh, I wish it could have happened on Dynamite. I wish they didn't do like a Money in the Bank, yeah, type thing. Yeah, I, I know they like to do their big one surprise or one person pop, but. I actually think people would have tuned into that. Um, I agree, um, and I wonder if they'll they'll do they'll run it back. Like, does Jade go for a rematch? Like, Jade is such a strangely booked character to me because like she was sixty and zero, but it felt like over the course of five years. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, like there's just weeks at a time where where she's just not seen. So, and even that, or like I mean, yeah, she's thrown in like rampage for a few weeks and and like right. Being with uh, Mark Sterling, then not being with Mark Sterling, and then yeah. being with Stokely, then not being with Stokely. Having and the baddies, and then also feuding with all of them. 
and the baddies disappeared except for Layla Gray. Right. It's odd. It's odd. I, I'm I'm thrilled for Chris Statlander though, and I I, th- I think it's the best thing for Jade. Like we've talked about this for a few episodes now, ever since we got some feedback from a listener. Like, what do you do with Jade? And I said, I think the best thing you could do is have her lose. Like mm-hmm. the, uh, an undefeated streak can help get you over, but then sometimes it can keep you from getting over to the next level because it's like that became all that she was was undefeated. So now it's like, okay, so now you can actually do some stuff with her. Now you can now you can never lose again. Not to say that she should immediately start losing, but now there's some some allure to her matches, you know? Well, I think there could be something with her, especially now with haters out, um, joining with the originals, like Brit and Yeah, like turning Shia her babyface. Against the outcasts. I mean, her entrance was like pure babyface energy. Oh, did that, that was great. dance for her fraternity? Like, I thought that yeah. was great. It was fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, I think she can absolutely be a baby face. I um, thought for sure she was going to come out as Tina Turner. Yeah, because she always does the costumes, and Tina Turner just passed away. Like, that would have worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. So, and, I mean, yeah, she could have even wrestled in the in the little, uh, what's it called, a flapper? Yes. Flapper dress the Tina Turner movie. <laughs> so... Uh, overall, though, I think I think this is a show that you don't really have to watch anything but the opener, which is the Battle Royal, and then the, the last two matches. All the in-the-middle stuff is pretty skippable. Um, nothing was horrible. I, I shouldn't say that. I think Cole and Jericho was borderline horrible. Like, it was not I, a good match. <laughs> yeah, it was way below expectations yeah. for, for me. Um, one recommendation I do have, if you're someone who is to the listeners, I mean, you can do it too. Um, there are times that I watch the AEW shows with other people. Sometimes I would watch it with my kids, but they're not really interested anymore. And then I go to shows. Um, I wanted to see this, but I'm like, why spend the $49 if it's just for me and I can go? They have it at the movie theater now for like 24 bucks. I think it cost me. Grabbed a soda. I really enjoyed it. That's cool. It's like instead of sitting on my couch, I'm just sitting in a movie chair, and you know, there's been there are a couple like twelve people there total, and of course, like the one guy sitting next to me who's like had all of his horrible hot takes. <laughs> yeah, um, but man, it was really fun on the big screen to like to that, watch it. I mean, think about yeah, that. If like... you went with a big group, I think it would be a waste of money because you could just get the pay per view for fifty bucks. Right. But to go by yourself or with one other person. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And AEW's making some bank there, too. I mean, 12 people, 25 bucks a pop. Yeah, and it's not like not have, I live in a big town. Right, that might not have splurged like for the pay-per-view, but 25 they could do. You know, I'm sure the theater gets a cut of that as well, but, you know. Sure. Um, man, I've gone to see, Steve, I've gone to see two movies in two weeks. That is like a record for me. God. I saw Guardians um, of the Galaxy and I saw the Super Mario Brothers movie. Are you oh, cool. My daughter saw the Spider-Man movie. I heard before it's incredible. I, I heard it's incredible. Yeah, she loved it, and she saw the first one with me too, and she liked it. Uh, loved that movie too. She's not a comic book or superhero person. She's seen a few of them with me. Yeah. Um, because I just kind of made her. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> no, I just like I'll buy you soda and whatever. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, absolutely. Like liked it a lot. Went with a couple friends. They absolutely loved it. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll go see it. So Alex is... Just turned 16. 16. I was going to say, I feel like this movie is like right in that wheelhouse age. It feels like a perfect teen movie, that, that Spider-Man yeah. movie. That's what it seems like to me. I haven't seen it yet, but that... I mean, the first one kind of had that vibe, too, you know. Um, 
Alright, so uh, normally we talk about uh, what happened on Dynamite. I thought the Dynamite post-Double or Nothing was pretty... Eh. You know? <laughs> um, the only thing I remember that I enjoyed was the opener between the Lucha Brothers and Bandito and the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah. I really I like that. I mean, those six can't do anything wrong. Right, exactly. Pretty much. Um, but I feel like we could, for for once, you could skip Dynamite and watch Rampage. Yeah. Because uh, Rampage was called Championship Friday. And listen, even though we're an AEW podcast, go back and listen to the archives. We are not blindly loyal. We crap on Rampage. It's a missable show. It's it's treated as an afterthought. But every once in a while, they just throw out these bangers. And I would encourage anyone, if you haven't watched it, to watch this past Rampage. What I loved about this Rampage as I watch it is it's a really great pro wrestling product. Because you got four matches... And they're so different. So you had a, a triple threat for the AAA mega title, which is El Hio de Vikingo versus Commander versus Relistico. Then you had Zack Sabre Jr. doing his... Uh, my, my favorite wrestler. Yeah, arm, arm manipulation clinic, taking on Action Andretti. Then you had the women, Willow Nightingale, who I really like, taking on Emi Sakura. And then you had Katsuyori Shibata uh, fighting Lee Moriarty, which I guess... It could be in a similar vein to Zack Saber, but it's a little more, you know, a um, little more. More strikes. More strikes, yeah. Whereas the yeah, Saber sure. match is really all about grappling. Uh, I thought this was a really fun exhibition show of just totally different styles of wrestling in every single match. Um, I know you watched it. Rank the matches one to four. One being the best, four being the worst. I hate you. Um, <laughs> uh, the Lucha match, because it was a train wreck. Mm-hmm. Zack Sabre Jr., because he's my favorite. Okay. And then... Ooh, it's tough. Yeah. I think I think Willow, then Shibata. I think I, think I have that, too. I, I could make an argument for the Zack Sabre match being the one... And the only reason I would say that is because we've seen, like, the the Lucha yeah. stuff on TV before, whereas Zack Sabre is just so much different than anyone else you see on TV, it feels like. Like, you got guys like Garcia, who kind of wrestle that way, but, like, they'll still deviate and do the strikes and do the high spots, whereas Zack Sabre is like, oh, I've got ten minutes? Okay, I'm just going to do arm locks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And it's good. Like... It's just so interesting to watch him. Like it's he's so compelling. Um, he's a great promo too. He's oh yeah going into an angle with Samoa Joe, and I'm not sure if they're going to wait to do that on the Ring of Honor pay per view or if they're going to do it at Forbidden Door. Okay. Uh, and he's not even scratching the surface of what he does. He is so funny, and he's really brilliant. He's really a smart guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I literally have talked politics with him before. Interesting. He's yes. a nice guy, too. Uh, have you seen him live before? Yeah, I've seen him live a couple times, and um, our buddy Brett and uh, I saw him in an AAW show. That match was actually highlighted somewhere recently. It was... I'm going to mix up the teams. Sure. I, I, there were... Shoot. There were four people in the match. It was a tag team. It was Zach, Swerve, Keith Lee, and Matt Riddle. Mm. And I can't remember who was in the team <laughs> with each wow, other. what a match. Yeah, um, and then so he stuck around a bit after the show, 
and we just started talking and we were talking because he's very much a, a liberal guy um especially with in england oh, how bizarre the politics is with the monarchy on top of it and so he just started talking about the difference between british cable news and american cable news and comparing and contrasting and we talked for like a good 10 minutes about That's just awesome. completely non-wrestling stuff it just yeah a really cool guy yeah i remember meeting him at his t-shirt table i was at evolve and mm-hmm. i'm almost i'm 95 percent sure he just stretched Darby Allen for about 12 minutes. I think that was the match that I saw. Yeah. Um, I'd have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure that that was the match. And I remember talking to him and got his picture and um, just, I don't remember what we talked about, but yeah, like just very personable, like took mm-hmm. the time to talk to everyone. And he had one of the longest lines, you know what I mean? Like like at, the, at, at that type of crowd, Zack Sabre Jr. is the draw, you know? Right. Like for the Evolve crowd, stuff like that. But uh is a really cool match. I would like to see him against Lee Moriarty. I think that that would be a fun one. I think Lee Moriarty is a guy that we don't see on TV enough. But his um, TV title run and people make fun of his the belt, and that's not on him. But it's that's been compelling because New Japan has so many titles. <laughs> but it's it's bringing back like the old school WCW fifteen minute time limit. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, okay, you're going to main event on a New Japan show. That means you have to go 34 minutes. Right. It, it's doing all of this, like, okay, he can do these arm locks for 10 minutes, but then all of a sudden there's five minutes left and you got to step it up. There's yeah. different ways to tell stories. They, they even, it. yeah, they even mentioned that in the announcing on Rampage that, like, oh, Zack Sabres, he, he doesn't mind if this goes long. If this goes to the draw, he, he retains his title. Like, yeah. And almost like he's in no hurry. You know, he, he doesn't mind stretching it out, stretching you while stretching it out, you know. Uh, and, listen, I think Action Andretti is a guy that is a whole lot of nothing for the most part. But I thought yeah. he, he held his own there. I thought he did a good job selling. They gave him a little bit of offense, and he looked good when he had it. But, you know, nice guy to just go out there and get beat up on for 10, 11 minutes, you know. But uh, Willow, uh, Willow's so much fun. She's just such a good baby face. Um, She's like the... Um, gosh, I'm, when I get tired in the morning and in the evening, I start losing names. And um, I just... I hate it. Oh, yeah. Kylie Ray is who I'm looking for. Yeah, no, that's a good comparison. Like, Kylie Ray was the female wrestler who was going to break out with that bubbly personality you know, kind of in the realm of Bailey, but Kylie Ray's a little different. She was more oh shucks. And Kylie's had her issues um, doing well now, thankfully. Actually, I believe she and her husband, uh, who's also a wrestler, are pregnant. So that's cool. Oh, that's funny. Uh, but Willow seems to have taken that to another level. Yeah. And yeah, another good AEW episode was with her. I, that's not a surprise. Like, I think she's got a great personality. And I like, too, like, the, in this match with Emmy, like, she's all happy-go-lucky. Like, she's just about having a good time. But then she kind of can hit that, like, kind of reminds me of like, Keith Lee on the Indies. Like, mm-hmm. you got me mad. Now I'm going to kill you. You know? <laughs> and that's kind of what happened in that match was, like, nope, you're done. And it was like, like, she, like, almost sandbagged her in the powerbomb. It was, like, it was so, it was such a good feat of strength where she, like, Got her up, but didn't, and had to like yank her up one more time. It was pretty cool. 
I still haven't seen the match with her and uh, Sasha slash Mercedes no, yet. I. Yeah, I, I've actually not seen any of Sasha's New Japan matches, just like highlights. I haven't seen any of them bell to bell. Yeah, it's one of the one. Of, I've been trying to watch here and there New Japan, just random matches here and there right. that I hear. But it's just there's just so much. Yeah. So I mean, speaking of New Japan, great segue. Uh, Double or nothing is in the rear view, uh, and the next big show is the Forbidden Door, and I think again. Perfect timing. We always have an episode of Dynamite that we have called hashtag Dark Dynamite. <laughs> we tape on a Tuesday, drop on a Friday. There's always a Dynamite that happens while after we tape, but before we drop. Uh, Steve, before we went on the air, I made one prediction. I think that the Forbidden Door is going to get started a little bit because what we know about this Dynamite so far is one match is Ricky Starks versus Jay White with... Um, FTR is banned from ringside as well as Juice Robinson. And so I think this is a perfect exa- perfect time for Ricky Starks to get that third person, maybe a New Japan uh, ally, popping in and taking out Ricky Starks. And all of a sudden that forbidden door is going to get busted open, I think, starting this week. What do you think? Yeah, I feel, feel like there's a lot of banging going on directly above me. I also <laughs> feel... It's the forbidden floor. <laughs> yeah, the floor is caving in. Um, it would be interesting with the Bullet Club because there's so much connection still to the Japan. The whole point is kind of like these Japan versus AEW kind of matchups. Sure. And I don't understand at all the, the lay of the Bullet Club right now yeah like what do they call themselves the bang bang gang or something yeah the bullet club gold yeah and then there you have bullet club in impact which is uh ace austin chris bay they're official members of bullet club and in japan they've just gone through a complete change over the bullet club where as jay white left david finley took over for him kicked him out and now the bullet club is basically a bunch of a foreign dojo talent the young boys that have been there for a few years have all come together and they're the bullet club now uh and this is just as of this past weekend okay, i was gonna say i didn't i did not know that i knew the david yeah, finley part but yeah david finley is the leader and then there's like clark connors and gabriel kidd and um i i, I this literally just happened a couple days ago at the mini but it just slowly but surely all of the the dojo type people, the foreign young gaijin talent, has become the bull club, and no one else is there. Wasn't Clark um, Connors on the first Forbidden Door in a? Yes. Yeah. He was the kind of the cowboy guy. Yeah, he was replacing somebody. Was it Ishii? He was replacing. I think or... so. And uh, it was an uphill battle, but he he was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, New Japan is, has a huge youth. Oh, I push right now long overdue i'm looking up last year's uh uh results to see who clark connor's fought nick Comoroto was in that that show wow. yes okay uh El desperado, <laughs> yeah, the open... i forgot he was on that show too hmm. el desperado's been doing some did some gcw like death matches over the weekend wow okay yeah, some of the older talent have been making the rounds. Like Zack Sabre Jr.'s been going throughout the, the U.S. right now, and uh, probably just in prepar- preparation. And like the juniors league was going on. Yeah, uh, I wish 
if I would have known in advance how great this show could possibly be with the ma- these two matches that were just announced, I might have planned to go. Yeah, to I mean, Toronto. we've got it's two- a place I've wanted to go for a long time anyway. Oh, you never been to Toronto? Never been to Toronto. It's a nice city. Yeah, it's not that far from me. It's about a four hour. It's same distance probably like to get me from Toronto to Chicago. It's probably about the same drive. Just one ahead north, one ahead west. So, <laughs> I mean, do you have anything going on the weekend of the 24th and 25th? Because it's not a big drive for you. Yeah, no. You can I see don't... Danielson versus Okada and Omega versus Osprey. Yeah, those are the two announced matches. And honestly, you don't need to book anything else. It could just be those two matches. <laughs> I think the fans would go home happy. <laughs> just give them each an hour, you know? Like, oh, uh, gosh. Did you see the promo for Brian Danielson? Like in the, in the yes. mountains and stuff? Pretty cool. Yes. Very, very cool. So, um, and then Okada officially accepted the challenge. Brian, uh, <laughs> Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson, <laughs> the Japan announcer for the videos. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, that is that the main event? Do you think? Do you think that ends the show? I don't know. It's either one of these two matches. I think so, too. I, I don't think there's any titles linked to Danielson and, no. and Okada. Um, no, Omega is just, that's just the U.S. belt, which isn't, it's more the rematch than anything. Right. And I saw a kind of a cool thing that um, somebody said that uh, the first match they had at Wrestle Kingdom was on a neutral ground. Now they're in Kenny's home turf. Mm-hmm. And so maybe they go to Will Osprey's home turf for the rubber match in England. Which do they could have be. Any, they have any shows in England that I, that we know of? Uh, there's probably like a Rev Pro show. Yeah, something. Uh, Money in the Bank, maybe. Oh, that could be. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, two absolute bangers, and I feel like this year's Forbidden Door might be the show that we all hoped last year's was. Because if you remember last year, a lot of injuries happened on both mm-hmm. sides of the coin. Like Brian Danielson wasn't on the show. Right, uh, which I think last year we were clamoring for Danielson versus Zack Saber. That yeah, they had was. pretty much announced it at that point. Yeah, and then Danielson had to pull out, withdraw, and um, there was a couple other injuries. Like uh, Tetsuya Naito wasn't on the show. Um, I'm trying to think of who from AEW besides Danielson wasn't there, but it was kind of like it was a good show, but it felt like it didn't have the thrill that people wanted. You know. Oh, well, CM Punk was injured too, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so there's another one. Because there was, wasn't it Punk versus Tanahashi yeah, was the rumor? Moxley, and then we got Moxley versus Tanahashi instead. Right. Which was a great match. Um, it was a great show, but, I mean, Osprey versus Orange Cassidy blew everyone's expectations oh, I, away. Yeah. Did I hear that he challenged Zack Sabre, or is that just in my brain? Is that something I made up one night? Because uh, right. I did not see the two Dynamites before the pay-per-view yeah i don't know if that's official i think that okay so that's just that's just in my imaginary my imaginary aew i don't think he's officially challenged him but he said in an interview with like fightful or something like i'd like to okay what it is like i'd like to fight zach saber jr which i mean that could be a really fun match like just picture him like in an octopus hold and he just puts his hands in his pockets while he's getting stretched or something you know and and Orange Cassidy has that lineage of Skyda and, you know, that kind of Chikara style, yep. which has the Lucha and a bit of the English, like Johnny Smith. Yeah, I agree. I think he could really have a lot of fun at that match. Um, so, I, I mean, Steve, do you just want a fantasy book this show right now? 
it's hard because there's so many people coming back with right. collision. Right. Okay, let me let's do this. I'll throw you an AEW guy. You pair him up with a New Japan guy. There's so many. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to get the New Japan roster because okay. there's so many well, I mean, people. I, I think Cassidy and Zack Sabre is a fair pairing. Are we good with that one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's go with, you know what, let me bring up the New Japan roster as well. I think that one might be easier if we pick New Japan wrestlers. I also think you could do something with, like, Orange Cassidy versus Tetsuya Naito. Um, like, with the old school, tranquilo type stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that could be fun. I don't know. I don't even know. Uh, I tried, I was, for the most part, spoiler three on Dominion. And did Claudio and Wheeler and Moxley win the trios champion from there? Uh, I think they did win the match. Because it was against Ishii, Tanahashi, and Okada. Yeah, I think they won. Which I thought they would. Yeah. Let's see. Um, I, uh, you look that up. I'll, I, I got the New Japan roster here. Um, okay, let's let's start with the champions. Does Sonata defend the title against anyone? I think you could feed him somebody and give him a win. Yeah. Um, he's not really that popular in, yeah. in the United States. He never has been. And, and I don't even know if he's really a tippy-top guy in New Japan, despite being the champion. You know what I mean? Like Right. So I feel like, like, who's, like, could he fight, like, a Jungle Boy? You know, like, like a Sammy Guevara? Is that, like, a match that we could see? I don't, I don't think that's out of the question, because that's a guy that could take a loss. Because he's obviously, if he's on the show, he's not going to lose. He's their champion. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And you have, like, I don't think Takahashi made it over last time. That's oh, right. no, did he Hiromu? Did, no, he was not on the last show. Unless he was in, he like, was... that... El Desperado tag. Yeah. But I don't yeah there's a lot does. of... There's a lot of... And, and they're going to have women's matches, too, so they're going to bring over stardom. Correct, yep. So I can see, like... Let's see, the current champions, Mayu <laughs> Iwatani. Oh have champions in New Japan. <laughs> oh, yeah, they have a belt for everything. <laughs> uh, okay, let's do this. Um, this is too hard. Yeah. They're going to have a massive United Empire tag against some stable in... Oh, for sure. U.S. For sure. Uh, I mean, maybe the Jericho Appreciation Society, that's like one of the only stables I feel like I could think of. Right. Um, I would love to see Hiromu against Darby Allen. by the way. Oh, that would be great. I think that would be great. I would love for David Finley to not be on the show. I think that would be great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I Do you th- think we get a mercedes Monet appearance? I think it'd be awesome. Um, I don't know if we get a match. Gosh, if we... If they could get her on dynamite, like that's a huge win, right? Mm-hmm. So I could see maybe like a Lone Grenables team versus Blackpool Combat Club. That'd be fun. Yeah. Because Shota Umino will be there. Oh, Shota, that's who it was instead of Wheeler Yudo. It was Shota, Claudio, and Moxley. Oh, okay. That's right. Okay. TJ Perkins is a junior heavyweight tag team champion right now? I think that just happened. He's won a couple times. Okay. I was not aware that he was a champion right now. Yeah, the the Battle of the Super Juniors was pretty solid at tournament. I started watching some of it. Okay. But they had some pretty good guys. Did you see the G1? 
This is an AW. Yeah, Eddie Summoner. Kingston in the G1 is like, a, is that like his greatest dream? I guess his greatest dream would be the Champions Carnival in all yeah. Japan, but like... This has got to be close. Yeah, that's that's got to be pretty good. And did you hear like the crowd reaction when he got announced? The crowd dug it. They were they were that is cool. yeah they were pretty thrilled. They they understand the people who take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Like they've had to have, and he's done some of the U.S. based strong for New Japan. Yep. But they're they're pretty smart in terms of who respects Japanese wrestling. Yeah, I agree, and I think that. He's a guy that can go over there, and he could probably lose most of the matches, and it's not going to mm-hmm. diminish him in any way whatsoever. And uh, it works, too, because storyline-wise, he's not in AEW. Right, exactly. You know, like, he's uh, he has not been on AEW television. He's, like, the one guy that they put on the Ring of Honor roster that they have not put back on AEW TV. Yep. <laughs> like, he's he... the only guy. So... Um, I'm looking through here, and there's some guys I don't want to see. I do not want to see Great Okan come back, but I feel like he will. He's he's better than he used to be. Uh, have you ever seen his social media? I've heard about his social media. He likes to post about the women that he has sex with. It's... Yeah, I saw one of the original ones, but he also, like, saved some kid's life. Really? Yeah, within the last... Within the last year or two. Okay. <laughs> I'll look this up as as you kind of look through. Great um, um, Khan has been heralded for stepping in when a teenage girl was nearly the victim of abduction. Oh wow! Um, I know he got a he got a letter of appreciation from the police. There was someone trying to kidnap a teenage girl at a train station. Um, huh. Yeah, it was she was taken being taken away from a drunk man, grabbing her from the shoulders. And the, his the girl's mom was in the bathroom, wow. and stepped in and then offered her pancakes, <laughs> brought the pancakes, and what? the only thing that he asked for in return was that they check out New Japan Wrestling. <laughs> Listen, any any way to grow your audience, right, Steve? <laughs> Maybe CM Punk can, like, save some people from abduction and get back in everyone's good graces. Yeah. Offer him a Pepsi and tell him to watch uh, AEW Collision. <laughs> Golly. What a so, wild yeah, story. He should be getting all these women. Yeah. You know, we always hear these stories about good guys, good guys with a gun. It's good guys with pancakes is really cool. Good guys with pancakes is a problem. Yeah, yeah. good guys with pancakes is who we need. <laughs> um, there is a couple people in the New Japan roster that I think I feel comfortable saying we will not see on Forbidden Door. Um, oh, I just Leo Rush <laughs> this is one that I don't think mm. will be on AEW anytime soon. Which is such yes. a shame, man. I loved, I loved his run. Like he had a couple of really good six matches. He was paired up with um, I don't, I think it was Dante Martin while Darius was injured. And they mm-hmm. were such a fun tag team for a minute, and then, you know, he just burned the bridge, and he's gone. But uh, Minoru Suzuki is a guy, like, we haven't even mentioned. Like, he'll probably be on the show. I mean, uh, we've, we've seen him in AEW before already, but that's okay. Uh, I think, I don't know. I think this is too hard. I, I think what's cool, though, is I don't think any major names are off the table this time around, um, at least in terms of injury. So it really it could be like a fantasy booking bonanza, you know? Yes. 
Um, there's a couple guys in the New Japan roster that I'm not familiar with. J.R. Kratos? He's a U.S.-based guy. He's not officially on. Yeah. They're mixing a lot of the strong guys in here. Yeah. Kratos was in the NWA for a while. I don't know much about him either. But, yeah, they're mixing a lot of the U.S. Like, Homicide's not really in New Japan proper. Yeah, like, and I mean, even guys like, I think Taka's on there. I, is Taka really on, any sh- on a lot of shows? He's like a manager now yeah. because there is a team. Just five group, guys. No, the Just five guys, yeah. yeah. I like that it has their blood type if you go on their profile. <laughs> wow. Yeah, if you go to the let's see if that's got a let's look up uh, Bad Luck Fale. Uh let's see. Dana I'm gonna look birth, up Minoru Suzuki. Place of birth, blood type. Oh. Okay. Blood type Oh, oh Suzuki's B. Interesting. Okay. Bad luck Fale looks stupid now. Not that he ever looked cool, but he's got like that. Yeah, he's not hands. in the G one this year, nor is Yujiro. Out of the 32 guys. Yeah, I mean, they, they didn't I make mean, it. It's not the worst. Ooh. How are they going to do a 332 guy round robin tournament? Steve Evil's blood type is unknown, as is his year of birth, as is his place of birth. <laughs> unknown. <laughs> Fred Rosser, uh, we know as uh, Darren Young mm-hmm. on the roster. Anyways, uh, let, let's get back to AW. I feel like we're just kind of. All over Should we do some questions? I don't yeah. know how much time we're in. We, we could do questions. Just one last thing to talk about tonight, I think. Steve, uh, you and I have texted. I've been seeing Brett Carlson. This August, uh, we're going to hang out like yeah. in the flesh because you and Brett are making the trek here to Detroit. SummerSlam uh, weekend is in Detroit, Michigan. It's not fully sold out, but it's most of the tickets no, are gone. Um, but you're going to hang out with me. And I think, barring any delays... You come over for some pizza. We're going to be able to play some AEW Fight Forever on the PlayStation. Uh, Are you a video game guy, Steve? Yes and no. Gotcha. Am I an old school wrestling video game guy? Absolutely. Okay. Like your N64. Yep. Like we mentioned No Mercy, the the Japanese versions of it, those games that this looks to be based on. Yeah. Like Virtual Pro is just that's my those are my favorite video games ever yeah i'm so hyped for this game like and a lot of the criticisms that i've seen are like the graphics and stuff and i get it it doesn't look superb for a next-gen console but i could give a rat's butt like i do not care if the gameplay is as fun as i think it could be this game could be something that consumes a lot of my free time yeah Um, and i i think the graphics that's part of it because it's supposed to be a throwback yeah, to I these agree. games so like and it's not that the graphics are bad it's like the 2k games are kind of go for hyper real realism right and this is more like like eddie kingston's muscular in this game you know like it's it's arcadey type feel you know yeah um but man some of the stuff that they've shown already in highlights is you can ride skateboards and you could ollie into people and, and hit them in the head while... It looked skating. like Double Dragon. Did you, how much did you play <laughs> yes. Double Dragon when you were... Yes. Because <laughs> that's what, the, like, the... the or, or the Simpsons. Oh, yeah. You know, with, with uh, Marge had the vacuum. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I love that Simpsons game. That was so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's got the skateboards. Orange Cassidy puts his hands in his pocket, so I'm not sure if other characters will have, like, signature things you can do like that. Like, I thought at first it was just Darby... 
But I saw a video like someone was Chris Statlander and she on a skateboard and started riding it around. Yeah, so she was against. Yeah, yep. Yeah, anyone can ride it. Did you see the clip of someone breaking up a pin by throwing a propane tank and it just explodes? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> it just literally just explodes in the ring. So uh, I've got high hopes for this game, and it's a game that like it was delayed for so much that I was kind of like, you know what? As a fan, I want to buy it. I'm a video game fan. I'm a wrestling fan. I'm going to buy it, but it might be bad. But these videos that we've seen, I'm like, I don't think so, man. I think it's going to be great. Um, Are we going to be able to play each other from a distance or yeah. like play with it, each it other? It does have online play, yep. And cross-platform, too? I don't we know if it's got cross-platform. Um, <clears throat> but if so... Yeah, if so, and if not, I, I think my kid might finally convince me to get a PlayStation. Then. So, yeah, uh, AEW Fight Forever set to launch across the following platforms, uh, has confirmed that crossplay is planned. Okay. So it sounds like at release it won't be there, but it, it will It will happen. So, uh, and they've already announced download updates, like yeah, version one. Exactly. I saw Aubrey Edwards is going to be a playable character. Awesome. <laughs> Listen, we haven't mentioned him the whole episode. I can't wait to be Jeff Jarrett and Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt. And, <laughs> and just, Ooh, uh, there's a Forbidden Door Cart match. Oh, yeah, that's like, a trio can, match for sure. Like Jeff Jarrett versus, like, Toriano. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be great. Has Sanjay had a match in AEW? Or Sanjay had like a tag, was like part of a tag. That's right, because I mean he was. But it like, was like a comedy match. He was a pretty big part of the X division way back in the day. Oh yeah, like the guy could work. I don't know if he's had injuries or anything, but man, I think we're six or seven episodes at two weeks. So me and Andrew have been on that uh, Jeff Jarrett hype train for close to three months now. Like one of my least favorite wrestlers ever, and like yeah, he's like oh this is okay. Yeah, it's like it's it's so bizarre how well he's been booked for me because I can't think of a single Jeff Jarrett run that I've enjoyed before this one. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like even like early TNA when I think TNA was kind of hot, like it was always like Bleh, Jarrett wins, Bleh, Jarrett wins. You know, like like it was hot despite him. Um, but yeah, like his WCW stuff sucked. Never was a fan of him in WWF, even as, like, the woman beater or as country singer Jeff Jarrett. Uh, his second WCW run was... Nobody was good then in WCW. <laughs> like, so... I'm, I'm still pre- pleasantly surprised, and I don't think it's coincidental that he loses all his matches, too. You know? <laughs> so, that, that's, that's, that plays a big role. Uh, but, yeah, Steve, can't wait to play Fight Forever with you. Maybe we'll no, go live. We could FaceTime Andrew and... Uh, you know, he can he can call some shots. He could be the Sanjay to my Satnam. <laughs> Just as long as one of your kids doesn't stab me with a pencil. <laughs> no promises. No promises at all. Uh, listen, you don't want to play against my kids. They'll probably kill us all. They're so good at video games. Um, but yeah, Steve, you want to do some questions? Yeah, absolutely. This is where the spirit of Andrew uh, really takes shine. For those who don't know, Andrew, uh, sometimes we get questions from listeners. But a lot of times Andrew prepares them ahead of time and I don't read them. Uh, so, are you going in blind? Because I am, Steve. I accidentally saw the first question, but besides that, completely blind, and I didn't okay. think about it either. 
Cool. All right, uh, then let's go. Let's go with that first question, Steve. First question tonight. Many were joking that Bobby Fish was not invited back when Sabu was chosen to help out Adam Cole and Roderick Strong, which is kind of funny. There were some memes about how Sabu was in the group all along. It's <laughs> great. Like yeah. Sabu with the undisputed yeah. era. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you could retcon an original member of a stable and replace them with someone else, who would it be, and for which stable? I'll share Andrew's answer. He would have put Barry Windham in the Horseman right from the start instead of Ole Anderson. Mm. That's a good question. Sometimes he brings out these questions that are so challenging. Yeah. And it's a good thing we went in blind, so we have no time to think about them. <laughs> right, we have no time to think about it. It's good. It makes our good audio. Yeah, really, really great. Um, so, like, let's start, start thinking out loud. Like, famous stables, you've got... Uh, well, I mean, there's some that were retconned by the company. Like, I mean, have you heard the rumors about, like, Evolution back in the day was originally supposed to be, like, Mark Jindrak? Mark Jindrak, of, yep. Was it instead of Batista, I think? Or instead of Randy Orton, maybe? Yeah, I don't remember which one. Yeah, Mark Jindrak, I'm... the legend killer. <laughs> Who's in the... What was the one with, like, Ted DiBiase Jr. and... Oh, Cody Rhodes... And Randy Orton Legacy. Yeah, yeah. Someone, someone to replace Ted uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. would have been would have been uh, helpful. Yeah, uh, I mean, he had Kurt Axel was probably around at the time. Not that he would have been much of an upgrade, but didn't Ted DiBiase Jr. like get? Isn't he a scumbag? Yeah, he's involved in the whole Brett Favre that uh, Mississippi welfare scandal. Yeah. He's going to be going to jail. Man, that is wild. What a wild story. Gosh, everybody's got a price, though, Steve. Somewhere within the last two weeks, he's yeah, he's like uh, claiming brain damage, and all of a sudden, you know, like, oh, I have Alzheimer's. You know, he's he's trying to get out of jail. He knows he knows his time is is wow. up. Wow. Um, How about like who was in the original Nexus? So you had Wade Barrett. There were a couple of people in there that. Yeah, yeah, you had Wade Barrett, Ryback. Darren Young, Heath Slater, Heath Slater, Justin Gabriel. I feel like we're missing somebody. Michael Tarver. That's the one you could probably dump. Michael up. Tarver. So we need to recon Michael Tarver out of there. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> just. Uh, we don't even need to replace him with anyone. <laughs> just, just get Michael Tarver out of there. <laughs> uh, David Otunga was in that group too, right? Yeah, David Otunga needs to stay. Um, who? You know, at that time, here's gonna be this is gonna be my total hot take. Okay. Um, Richie Steamboat at that time was down, and I thought he was really good and it was getting a big push. And I don't know why he was no longer part of it anymore, part of WWE. How he left, but yeah, let's let's that. There's my hot take: Richie Steamboat over <laughs> Michael Tarver. Would have changed the industry, Steve. I thought you were going to say over Ted DiBiase. It would have changed. Put him in the legacy. I don't think AEW would exist. Yeah, probably not. Or WWE. Wrestling would have folded. Any AEW ones you can think of? Um, oh, how about that Nightmare uh, stable? Oh, gosh. Can with Brandy replace, and... Can we replace all of them? <laughs> no, let's do that one. There was Brandy, there was Awesome Kong, and then there was like... Yeah, I was going to say Melanie Martinez, but that's a it was Melanie Cruz or something like yeah. that. Nightmare. Melanie Martinez is like a pop star. The Nightmare Family. The Nightmare Collective. Yeah, let's see who was in that. Nightmare Collective, AEW. 
Uh, the one I want to replace is is Bray. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, she's been tweeting lately. What if it was? Oh, I saw that. And it makes me nervous. Yeah, challenging Rhea Ripley, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's the members. Okay. Now, including the male members, you had Dustin Rhodes, Arn Anderson, Lee Johnson, Shotty Lee, uh, Brock Anderson, Cody Rhodes. Uh, then you had Brandy Rhodes. Oh, no. This is this is not right. Subgroups. That's a nightmare collect. Yeah. Because then she had, like, the Nightmare Collective or something like that, which was... Yeah, like her group. The... Women's version. It was her and Awesome Kong. Wow. Oh, it had. Oh my God! It had Luther. Luther. It, it was Brandy, Luther, Awesome Kong, and then Melanie Cruz, who was just like a local indie person uh, around the Midwest. Steve, do you want to hear something crazy? I, yes. I am on Brandy's Wikipedia, and it says she was born in Canton, Michigan. That is legitimately like six minutes away from me. Yeah, she went to University of Michigan. Yeah, but like Canton is like not a city you would be kayfabe built from. Like you were really from Canton. Yeah. So I think when you come in August, we'll yeah. find the birthplace of Brandy Rhodes. How's that sound? There we go. All right. Better the figure skater? It's a plan. <laughs> The birthplace of Brandy Rhodes, where yes, the Nightmare Collective all started. Oh, she was with Allie for a bit, too. Yep. Briefly formed a night tag team called the Nightmare Sisters with Allie. God, this is old. So let's do, let's get rid of Melanie Cruz. Let's okay. get rid of Luther. Let's do, let's get rid of Brandy. Okay. We'll do Awesome Kong, Allie. And can we bring in, like, Aja Kong? Can we bring in someone outside of the company? <laughs> Yeah, let's bring in Aja Kong okay. and um, Nyla Rose. Perfect. That's a that's a nice little ferocious there, stable. The, the Nightmare there. Sisters. Perfect. Much yeah. better. Much better. Okay. Cool. All right. All right who has question. a stronger family? Yeah. Yeah. Who has a stronger family? The Elite or the Fast Family? I have not seen any of the Fast and Furious. Neither movies. have I. And like. When I say that to people in person, they are stunned. Like, what? As if they're like the Lord of the Rings or something. I'm like, it's a movie about people who steal cars, right? Like, I've never seen it. Are you with me, Steve? I can't hear you. Oh, no. Okay, can you hear me now? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I just saw my Wi-Fi symbol on my computer turn off there. So, uh, but I, we didn't disconnect. So, and my recording did not stop. So we should be good. Okay. That was weird. Okay, but uh, I said that I'd never seen the movie, so we could pick it up right from there. That I had never seen it either. Okay, so yeah, neither of us have seen the movies. Yeah, so <laughs> so it makes it a, a pretty difficult question. Yeah, I mean, I guess by default, we say the elite. Um, yeah, I'm comfortable just, just going with the elite. How about you? Yeah, I, I, all I know is that the one guy died, 
There's a lot of ex-wrestlers in it. It's Orange Cassidy's favorite movies. Is it really? And The Rock and Vin... Yeah, The Rock and Vin Diesel have beef, and the, but now they're back together. Yeah, so there was a Something rumor, like that. There was a rumor that came out that, like, apparently The Rock has in his contracts that he can never lose a fight on the screen. Have you ever heard that? No. Yeah, apparently that's like... It's a Hollywood rumor that The Rock will not lose a fight on screen in a movie. Which is kind of awesome, because the guy jobbed for everybody when he's in WWE, and now, now that he's big time, he's like, I'm not putting anybody over, brother. Oh, get my heat back. Yeah, he's getting his heat back against Jack Black. What would happen if The Jumanji. Rock and Hulk Hogan were in a movie together? I think the world might explode. Fast, the Fast <laughs> and the Furious 12, or whatever it is. Gosh. Uh, Steve, is it possible that Commander is the long-lost son of Excalibur? Man, was Andy okay when he was Rich okay when he made this? <laughs> I, um, no. But did you see Excalibur's mask? I did during the uh, during Dynamite this week. Yeah, um, the San Diego Padres. I thought that was very very cool. Yeah, I I think where I want to go with this question is Steve. Do you like Commander? Wow, good question. And we have generally similar tastes in wrestling. Mm-hmm. I think he's. I, I recently have been watching some of the WrestleMania weekend shows, like TCW and all those other ones, mm-hmm. and he's on there too. I think that some of the stuff he does is really difficult. Like that walking the ropes is not easy. Sure. However, I think I've seen everything he can do. I think that's where I'm at too. Like he had a match against somebody. On dynamite, and he did like the springboard 450. It felt like he did it three times in the same match. Yeah, I, th- I think I know which one you're talking about. Like three or four times, he went and did yeah. like uh, ring walking moves and stuff. Yeah, like it feels like there's not a lot of, and it takes a long time to set up too. Yep, there's not a lot of substance to him. Mm-hmm. So I would say right now, like I'm not a big fan, but I, I can see the potential. I think he does better in three-way or more matches. Right, where he can just pop where in. Where he can step stuff. Yeah, do his thing and then roll out for a minute. Right. Yeah. Um, um, like that three-way with uh, Vikingo and Drolistico yeah. and him where it was pretty fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and like when he did the, the rope run, and that when he runs the rope, that's crazy. Like, Yeah, it's it, terrifying. It totally is, because I was sitting there watching it like, if this guy messes up this spot once... It could end his career. Like, mm-hmm. everyone runs that risk with every spot. Like, oh, you could mess it up at any given moment. But that is so high risk. It's wild. Anyways. Uh, next question. I'm going to skip that one. <laughs> wow, some of the... <laughs> oh, Andrew. Uh, Steve, when... <laughs> When all four wrestlers are interlocked in a submission hold like they were in the Four Pillars match, should it be called the Human Centipede? (laughs) (laughs) Shakara reference of the night, but you ever seen, like, the Boston Crab, where they had, like, ten people all together? Yes, yes. And then Daddy Magic. I think Daddy Magic was the one who usually would turn the whole pile over. Yeah. And they'd basically have a Boston Crab on none of their people. (laughs) Um... I think my favorite instance of like the the chain of holds is when Jushin Liger was in 
pro wrestling gorilla and like it was a line of guys shoving like their thumb in each other's bubble. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was such a weird variety of people too. Like Champa was in there. Yeah, yes, it's so bizarre, man. And Jushin Liger, I think he just flexes his butt cheeks and everyone sells it. Yes. You like he'll flip people over. Yeah, it's really the lore of Liger. Uh, it's it's a a layer that's never really been explored in New Japan, but his powerful butt cheeks. Um, yes. Who's the guy? Oh, Taguchi. He has some strong butt cheeks. He always hits the the flying hip attack, right? Is it Taguchi? Yes. Yeah. So, um, okay. Next question. Uh, <clears throat> now that Sammy Guevara's wife Timelo is expecting a baby, how soon will it be before we have instead of the four pillars, the four preggers? Parentheses. Reesh predicts Brit will be pregnant soon. So let's predict which four women in AEW will be pregnant. Oh my god. So we've already got one in Time Mellow, so we only need three more. Um I don't like Adam they're not even engaged, Adam Cole and Britt. Yeah, no. Um I'm doing a quick scan of the roster here. I don't think Rio is getting it, pregnant. Yeah, and so many of them are very young. Like, Anna J and Jungle Boy are together. I don't know why I know these things. <laughs> like, Sky Blue and... Or Sky... Oh, no, Sky Blue broke... Check this knowledge out. Sure. I, again, don't know why I know this. So, Sky Blue was with... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Dante Martin. Really? They broke up, and now she's with... Queen Amanada? It's like an indie... Female? Oh, okay. So that's like a legit thing. Like they're an item. Yeah, I didn't realize it was. I just pictured the two together, and I'm like, oh, they're disposing together. That's you know, what making I some. Okay, interesting. Hmm. I mean, trade up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least the queen is not injured nine months yeah, out exactly. of the year. You know. <laughs> so, uh, or, well, I guess if she's with a woman, then we could cross her off the getting pregnant list. Uh, it's unlikely to happen, although things could be done. Oh, M- steps could be taken. MJF can't keep a woman, so it's not going to be... True. Um, Karen Jarrett's back on TV, Steve. Oh. She's in her 50s. There we go. It's going to be uh, Satnam Singh and Karen Jarrett. <laughs> Satnam Singh and Karen Jarrett. And that's the, that leads to the breakup of the, of the Jarrett family. You're right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Who got Karen pregnant? And that's how they can bring Dixie Carter back. The true forbidden door. Dixie, <laughs> the return of Dixie Carter. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, okay. <clears throat> if you had to dispose of a... Bo- Andrew's really going dark with these questions, Steve. If you had to dispose of a body inconspicuously, is there anyone less obvious that Darby Allen could have picked as an accomplice than a fake Elvis? Of course, this was the... <laughs> Very bizarre Darby Allen entrance. He always has bizarre ones, but this was one of the bigger ones. Coming to the ring as an old Elvis impersonator. Um, is there anyone less could have picked? Less conspicuous. Or less obvious. I'm having trouble forming an answer on that one. With the English language I'm struggling with here. Yeah. So more obvious than an Elvis, or less obvious than an Elvis? Yeah, if it's more, I'm going to say, like, Lady Gaga? Like... Yeah, it has to be Vegas-related. Yeah. Gaga would be... Neil Diamond? 
See, still a Vegas thing. Um, how about like Darby and Elton John? Ooh, not bad. I was gonna go Adele, but I feel like Elton John might be better. Yeah, because Darby and Adele would just be a fun combination. But I think Elton, Elton John. I'm gonna say Elton John. Perfect. All right, you heard it here first. Elton John opening the forbidden door. <laughs> all gonna... elite. Give him the graphic, Tony. <laughs> Elton John is all elite. No. Anyways, uh, I'll skip the that one. All right, Steve, let's stay with the mm-hmm. dark questions, okay? Well, EW Dark is gone, yeah, so yeah, we've got replaced keep... it with Andrew Dark. <laughs> True Dark. After biting the finger of Luchasaurus and drawing blood, has Double A Arn Anderson now become an armed cannibal? I I don't understand the reference. I but mean, sure, I, th- I think it's just—is he getting even more dangerous and and insane as he goes? No, oh, yeah, I mean he's getting older. I've always thought he's dangerous and insane. Yeah, that's but true. Iron was even as a kid, was one of those guys that were legitimately scary looking, mm-hmm. like someone I would be scared to see at a bar. Well, he also has, like, the Jeffrey Dahmer glasses, too, that he would wear. Too, oh, yeah. You know? like, yeah, the shade, the yellow shaded. Yep. Like the blue blockers from yep. the early 80s. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess, is that the next logical step for Arm? Does he just start ending lives? If if Arn Anderson ever comes to one of the listeners' towns, you know, for, like, a small indie show or, like, a meet and greet, <laughs> ask them how many bar fights he would get in back in the day. Like, if you could just give any bar fight stories, yeah. that's what I would like to know about, like, what kind of stuff happened to Arn yeah. back then. Yeah. Who hurt you and who did you hurt, really, is what we yes. want to know. Uh, okay, Steve, this one's a little lighter. Uh, Sabu might be considered homicidal, suicidal, genocidal, but if you get kicked in the nuts, is that considered spermicidal? Oh, I'm a Yeah, it, it could be. I would think testicidal, maybe. I mean, there is spermicide as a form of yeah. contraception. Yeah, right. Always seemed really disgusting. Right. Uh, just the, like, come up with a better word for it, you know? like Right, because you just, like, I feel like that's something you would use to kill bugs out, like pesticide. Right. And, like, spraying that all up in there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, we have a Jeff Hardy question. Quick, I would like to answer. I would like to talk about this one really quick because it's. A, I think this one's a good question. Okay, when Jeff Hardy botches "Whisper in the Wind," should it be called "Wet Fart in the"? <laughs> should it be called "Wet Fart in the Muggy Air"? <laughs> um, I don't know about that, <laughs> but yeah, in Double or Nothing, he once again fell while during the "Whisper in the Wind." He did that at an earlier pay-per-view, I guess. I think that was when he was against the Bucks. My question is, I heard John Pollock think that that this was done on purpose. I I don't think it was. I think it may have been, but I think it may have been, like, on the fly. Okay. And I'll explain. So I think the botch was the weird twist of fate where he didn't actually drop him. Okay, yeah, uh, it almost looked like a stunner. It, yeah, if you watch it, then he, like, grabs his knee, and he goes up to do the whisper in the wind, and he falls. And the only reason why I think that he was supposed to fall 
is I think it was Colton Gunn in the ring. Colton Gunn was down on all fours, so he was not in a position to take the move. Mm, okay. And that's the only reason why I think, like, okay, that fall may have been intentional, but it would not surprise me at all if Jeff Hardy just fell down, too. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And he, he's done it before. Yeah. Which, what a weird storyline, like, with Matt Hardy and Ethan Page and stuff. It's just so bizarre. The stupid contract. Yeah. Why is that still... That's been happening since the original LIJ. Yeah. Like Andrade and stuff, like who hasn't been on in forever. But yeah, just like just end the contract and but yeah, like oh, okay, the single's over. They're just gonna have a regular old match and then like no, now we have Ethan Page's contract. Why? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's such a waste because I think he's, Ethan Page is a really good talent. He's just like like I saw a clip of him being forced to do Jeff Hardy's dance and like it got a good crowd reaction, but it's like come on, this is stupid. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, all right, uh, we've got a couple more questions. We'll do two more. Uh, Steve, could you hold up a family member in a soup position for 30 seconds in the same way that Bandito did to Wheeler Yuta? Did he, he did it for 60 to someone recently. But let's just say 30. I think I could do it with my 12-year-old. I know, I have a 10-year-old daughter. I feel like I, I think could. you got it. I think I could. My 20-year-old son, not so much. No, my cat, I don't think, would stay in that position for long. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. think between myself and my, my, my son, my son's still pretty small. I think I could pick my dog up, but after about 20 seconds, she would probably pee on me. Yeah. And I would drop I, her, not because I was spent, but because I didn't want to be urinated on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one thing I, I don't think I've ever disclosed this to you, Steve, but I don't like when people pee on me. Well, I mean, there's, you know, you know, there's some people out there that do. Yeah. Um, some of them hold political R. office. R. Kelly is all elite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> or actually, he pees. I think. It's yeah, he pees on. Yes. Great O'Conn would would beat up R. Kelly. Yeah. The yeah. Forbidden Door. Yeah. 2023. Great R. Kelly pancake match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got to have a move that has to do, like, be called a pancake or something, right? Like, Oh, like, uh, oh, he should um, talk with Stevie Ray and get his flapjack. Oh, the, f- <laughs> the slapjack flapjack, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, there was that. Okay, so we haven't talked about WWE much. I saw a clip on Twitter from NXT, and it's, uh, oh, what are those guys? The, the Creeds? I think it's Julius Creed and... I can't think of the other one's name. Austin. Austin, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Apollo, I think is his name. Yeah. But it was impressive, but also stupid. Uh, so the one picks up the opponent in the vertical suplex and does like the... I, okay. I, always, I always think of Dave Smith when I think of people holding someone up in a vertical for, for a long time. Sure, sure. The brother tags in and gets in in positions and he takes over the vertical suplex... Oh, that happened with, didn't Santana and Ortiz do that for a while? I think so. But then they did another tag in like a third time. It was pretty impressive. Sure. Um, But it just like, it also made no sense. Like, why did you tag (laughs) out twice? Like, just (laughs) to not hit a move. But anyways. Um, Steve, we have one more question. Um, Are you a fan of combined weight announcements for tags, or can that be considered in today's culture fat shaming? 
Yeah, they always... In w, there should be like a graph of over the years how that has changed. Oh, yeah. Because everyone in the WWE in the 80s were all like 500. And like if you had a team that was under 500 pounds, it was like embarrassing. It was like the Mulkey you know, Brothers. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or like the Rockers or something like right. that. And, you know, all of course, a lot of it was probably kayfabed. Um, oh, sure. You could have some fun with it, though, like with the Danhausen. Doesn't he weigh like six hundred and sixty-six pounds something or something like, like that? that? Yeah. <laughs> and like, if he tagged with Orange Cassidy, who weighs whatever, <laughs> like, how would you buy? What would be the combined weight? That's I, some I don't know. serious that, algebra. Yeah, is that an infinite or a negative? I mean, I don't yeah, that that is college level like calculus. Yeah. <laughs> Let's look up. I don't. Even, do they still do that? I, I've heard it like sometimes. Like with FTR or something like that, but do they do that with random teams? I don't know. I, I don't really notice it. But you, you also don't hear a lot of ring introductions like that anymore outside of as they're coming to the ring. It used to be like they're in the ring being introduced. We don't really see that anymore. Right. You know. Uh, so Danhausen is claiming to be six foot seven, built from somewhere far away. This says well over 300 pounds, but I don't think that's his AEW weight. I think his AEW weight is, like, well over 1,000 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think I just love. I love that stuff. It's so stupid. Um, But, yeah, no, I, I don't know that it's fat shaming. I've got, no, not really. I've got enough shame of my own, Steve. I wonder what the smallest combined tag team of male wrestlers are. Let's see. Ever or current? Either way. I mean, ever, I immediately go to Marco Stunt. Yeah, just thinking Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt, maybe. Yeah, like, were they like three, 360? <laughs> like, uh, I mean, let's do some quick math. Like, Jungle Boy, 180. Yeah, like, I mean, they'd be over 300 pounds, but mm -hmm. I don't think they'd be over 350. Do you? No, I don't. I don't know. Like Jungle Boy's like one eighty, right? Yeah, yeah. And Marco Stunt is doesn't have a lot of muscle, and he's very short. Mm -hmm. So like, like one twenty five, one thirty would not surprise me for him. Yeah, he's he's probably the smallest you would go. Uh, man, I've been doing a lot of googling this episode. See, Marco Stunt's weight, according to Google, is one seventeen. Wow. And Jack Perry's is one sixty seven. So some. Quick math that puts him at under 300 pounds. Yeah. 284. Luchasaurus weighs 275 by himself. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be it then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't think you can get any any smaller than that. Marco Stunt is pretty small. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the if we were going to the biggest in current wrestlers, keeping it AEW. I mean, you got to do Satnam, right? Put Satnam with somebody. Yeah. Is is Bear Country? Oh, yeah, they're pretty big boys. Keith Lee's a big fella. Yeah. Yeah, they're not called Bear Country anymore. Um, the Iron Savages? Yeah. They're, they're, it's a stupid name. but Yeah. Uh, but I think he's still called Bear Bronson, though. <laughs> Which is weird. <laughs> like, they're not Bear Country, but he's still called Bear, Bear Bronson. Uh, even Brody King's a big fella, too. But I, I think those Bear Boys might be bigger. I don't know. Bear Boys. Yes. The Bear Boys. B-A-R-E. 
Yeah, like Brody, yeah, Brody King is like yeah, like Brody King and Alistair Black. But yeah, I think the Bear Boys. The Bear Boys. Yeah. <laughs> the Bears Boys. Duh, bear stuff, bear stuff, bear stuff. Uh, JD Drake's a big fella too. Yeah. He's got a big old belly. But I think so, there's, sometimes there's something to those guys that are just big, stocky, and muscular. Like, gosh, Otis over at WWE. Just every time I see him, that guy looks gigantic. Like, right. Because he's got so or something much like that. muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, I mean, I, th- I guess that's a, a good way to, to end the episode is uh, fat shaming Otis. What do you think, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> He's a big boy. Yeah, he, he's a big fella, but he's no bigger than Boris Johnson, who is tipping the scales at 371 stone, believe it or not. 371, yeah, and uh, yeah, about all in. Yeah, Everything's going all in Boris Johnson. Yeah, Boris Johnson, I still think not calling it all in it is is a missed opportunity. Um, Have you ever figured out the difference between stone and weight, stone and pounds, like... Remember, remember, Lucian Regal used to be announced as like seven stone. Yes, I, I looked it up once. I'll look it up again since we're talking about it. One stone equals fourteen pounds. Oh, okay. So I would be. Let's see, how many stone? I'd definitely be over ten stone. So I was off with Stephen Regal. I am. I have just gone under fifteen stone. I lost like five pounds in the last. Oh, good few for you, weeks, man. So. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I gained them <laughs> a couple of months before. Yeah, I think it's safe to say we would tip the scales if we were paired up against Marco Stunt and Jungle Jack Perry. Um, we would be the bear country in that situation, Steve. There we go. You know. I don't uh, know if I like this or not, but... Um... <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely do not. Uh, <laughs> But you know what? Sometimes you don't get what you want in life. Sometimes you're the bear. Sometimes you're bear country, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but anyways, uh, if Andrew were here, I'm sure he would tell us uh, a wild, fascinating story about the bayou right now to really close us out. But since he's not here, uh, I will just uh, say that he will be back with us next time. Steve, thank you so much for filling in. Uh, oh, as always, you're welcome anytime. Even if both Andrew and I are on it, you just want to be... Uh, a trio instead of a duo. Just hop in. You could be the Luchasaurus to our Marco Stunt and Jungle Jack Perry. Oh, I'll wear a mask. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll get a famous dad that was on a TV show. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Andrew's dad was famous. My You're dad. Sandy Duck's son. I always thought. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> That's why I was a wrestling fan, because she was on the Hogan family, and I watched every episode, and Hulk never showed up. <laughs> Hulk never came. <laughs> so that's, he was a bad guy to me way before he was to any of you guys. But, Steve, thanks as always. Uh, I like talking to you. I always have a good time. Of course. Uh, for everyone who's listening, thanks for our uh, pop figure uh, quiz uh, as we talk AEW. Until then, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, hopefully, the Forbidden Door will be opened a little bit. Sandy Duncan, or Sandy, yeah, Sandy Duncan will have busted through. Sandy Hogan. Sandy Duncan? Yeah, Sandy Duncan's her, yeah. Yeah. Her shoot name. Yeah, yeah. But she was Sandy Hogan on the Hogan family. Absolutely. Funny thing is, I actually had an aunt named Sandy Duncan, so. Wow. But she didn't have a lazy eye, so, you know. That's how I know. <laughs> I'm just going to.